Coming to theaters January 26th, Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. Was it the rapture? Yes, I saw it happen. After millions of people vanish and the world falls into chaos, a charismatic leader rises to become head of the United Nations. How do we know who we can trust? Trust God. Starring Kevin Sorbo, Neil McDonough, and Corbin Burnson. Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. This film is not rated but suitable for ages 13 and up in theaters for four days only beginning January 26th. Go to leftbehindmovie.com. Coming to the- As President Trump's first deputy national security advisor, she helped set standards in the White House. In the Pentagon, she was the equivalent to a four-star general. And now, it's time to set the record straight. It's The Briefing with KT McFarland, exclusively on Kevin McCullough Radio. Yeah, and we're going to need that briefing more than ever uh, as we uh, make our way through 2023. But as I have been saying in each segment of today's show, uh, I am dressed in purple because my Horn Frogs did win on uh, the Fiesta Bowl. And uh, those people that would be rooting for Georgia in the national championship, they just need to know one thing, fear the frog. That's all I've got to say. Moving on, uh, KT McFarland rejoins us. I, I doubt KT McFarland watched much college football over the holidays. Did you? I have no idea what you just said, Kevin. I'm sure it was really interesting, and some great percentage of your listeners do. But, you know, you could have been talking to me about what's happening on the moon. That, well, there sense. you go. So let's move from football, especially college football, to um, stuff that you're more familiar with. And here we are, start of 2023, and Russia's not completely kicked out of Ukraine, but Ukraine certainly seems to have things in check Biden's been writing checks to Ukraine uh, like a drunken sailor. Where are we at at the first of this year? And for those of us that aren't fans of the Biden administration, but do think that Putin's a bad guy and shouldn't just get to take Ukraine just because he wants to, um, what should we be thinking and realizing about this conflict right now? Okay, we should look at it from several different perspectives. So a year ago or in February, Putin thought, I'll invade Ukraine, I'll topple the government. I'll defeat the army, or actually the army will just throw down their weapons and run away, and I'll have a puppet government installed within a week. And that's everything I've always wanted. That didn't happen. And so what then happened was about six months of a slogging war where Russia took land, then Ukraine took it back, and then Russia took it back, and but kind of back and forth, like a frozen conflict. And I think that's where we were up until the fall. And in the fall, Putin decided, I've had enough. I'm not going to try to win in the traditional way of taking land. I'm going to just crush Ukraine. And that's when he started targeting the civilian infrastructure, you know, the water filtration plants, electricity generating, you know, nuclear power plants, schools, hospitals. He's just going to destroy Ukrainian society, level all of the buildings to force a couple of things, to particularly to force a large refugee population in Europe um, to people leaving Ukraine, fleeing Ukraine, because this winter they're not going to have heat. They're not even going to have water. And so then it creates a crisis in Europe, and he's hoping that that gets Ukraine's supporters in Europe to kind of back off. Um, why do I say this? Well, that's what how Putin came to power 20 years ago. You know, Yeltsin was the president. He had a problem with Chechnya, breakaway province in Chechnya. The Russians couldn't seem to get Chechnya under control. Putin comes in, and he says, I know, I'm going to be meaner and tougher. And he flattened Chechnya, and that was the basis for his power 20 years ago. So he knows that if he can't fix, in his mind, if he can't win in Ukraine, he's out of a job. And he might probably would be out of the light. You know, he probably could be removed from office and assassinated. So he's going to do everything he can to win, including just destroying Ukraine. So then I look at it from another perspective. Okay, 
if Ukraine probably can't win in the end, and Russia probably can't win, how do you end it? And and if you can't, nobody wins the war, what's next? I think that Ukraine can win the peace. Here's what I mean. If the fighting stops and nobody's going to get what they want, and it's going to be unjust to Ukraine, but if the fighting stops, Ukraine will then be rebuilt. They're already talking about getting companies, countries to come in and rebuild, probably $800 billion, trillion dollars, and people are going to rush to invest in Ukraine, good agriculture, good natural resources. So within five years, Ukraine is a thriving, you know, successful, fully integrated economy. Meanwhile, five years after the fighting stops, where's Russia? Pariah state. Nobody wants to invest in Russia. Nobody wants to even invite Putin over for dinner. And so five years down the road, you have a very strong and and solid Ukrainian economy and fully integrated in Europe, and you have an isolated Russia. That's how Ukraine wins the peace. Our administration continues to write enormous check after enormous check uh, to Ukraine. In fact, we're sponsoring border security for them at a tune that's obscene compared to our own border, uh, which we're not spending a dime on. Um, How do we disentangle the bad spending from the desire to support Ukraine and do what's best for America? It's not just that we give money to Ukraine and it's badly spent and it's been probably wasted on a certain percentage. Some of it came back to help elect Democrats, by the way, in the (laughs) 2022 cycle. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of laundering and corruption. But we also know that with the massive COVID checks that the Biden administration was writing, a lot of that was just wasted and corruption and all the rest. So we're not doing a very good job of checking corruption in our own country, much less other countries. I think that the single most important thing the next president of the United States can do, and I hope it's a Republican, is to come in and say, guess what, guys? We are now going to actually have accounting in how we spend our money and what we spend it on. Do you want to know the Pentagon, where I've spent a good part of my career? We haven't had a full Pentagon audit in 20 years. Really? No other government agencies ever do any audits. They always say, well, we'll get to it next year. We'll do a part of it. The other thing is that if we had modernized um, telecommunications in in the United States government, you know, in other words, computers that were up to date, (laughs) that would be a really good way of helping – Get rid of corruption because you see the money. And then the third thing is there are a couple of states which have done this, and I would urge the federal government to do it, is that they put all their budgets online. So you, the citizen, you can look up and see how much is my department of prisons spending this year and how much are they spending on prison uniforms. Transparency. Sunlight is the best disinfectant of corruption, whether it's at home or abroad. So I would say those three things – That's where I would go for the next Republican president. The southern border isn't merely um, a money problem. It's not merely a potential disease problem. It's not any of those things. It is a national security problem above all other matters, uh, given the numbers of terrorists that we've caught there. And those are just the ones that we did catch. There's 500,000 people that have been released into the country that we have no idea where they went. And it's also a national security threat um, with the fentanyl poisoning of Americans. We are losing more people per year than we lost in the entire Vietnam War with fentanyl poisoning. And the Chinese government is using fentanyl. They know exactly what they're doing. There's even terms for it in, in warfare, and it's to destroy a society from within. And that's that's exactly what the, is coming across that border. And the fact that the Biden administration, as you pointed out at the beginning, you know, lots of money for securing the border of Ukraine, but don't you dare spend a nickel 
to secure the southern border of the United States. They've, in effect, turned over border security to the drug cartels. And the drug cartels are doing human trafficking and they're doing drug trafficking. But if you're going to do those national security issues and interests and you're not going to do America's interests first, there's something very lopsided about that. Very. America registers last on their scale every time. KT McFarland, Happy New Year. Thanks for being with us. Honor and a pleasure. Kevin McCullough coming right back.